for the last four weeks, uh, we've been talking about the kingdom of God. We've said to you the following thing. The kingdom of God is not visible. That's what Jesus said, and that's in Luke 17. We also said that Jesus said that the kingdom of God, you'll never be able to say it's here or it's there. So when anyone makes a proclamation that they've got the kingdom of God or that their church or that their association or that their group is, quote, quote, the exclusive kingdom of God on earth, no way. It's a mistake. Okay, it's, a, it's, it's not so. And you say, well, how do you know? Well, because the Bible tells me so. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not visible. The kingdom of God and then Jesus went on to explain it to Pilate. Pilate says, aren't you a king? He says, yes, I'm a king, but I'm not a king in the order of this world. I'm not a king as there are kings on earth. Because if I were, I'd have a fighting group of people behind me. And with the kind of power I have, he would win. But that wasn't his kingdom. And then Paul goes on to explain even more. The kingdom of God is neither eat nor drink. And he goes on to explain the kingdom of God isn't traditions. That's not the kingdom of God. It's so precious. And then he says the kingdom of God is peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what the kingdom of God is. Then we went back to look in at the exclusivity of the kingdom. And it was beautiful. Jesus is the one that, first of all, gave us uh, the, what shall we say, the constitution of the kingdom in the Sermon on the Mount. What are kingdom people supposed to be like? What are kingdom people uh, supposed to have on their minds? Uh, how are they supposed to function? How are they supposed to think? Well, Sermon on the Mount, the constitution of the kingdom, chapter 5, 6, and 7 of the book of uh, uh, Matthew, and sprinkled through each of the other Gospels. And there Jesus simply lays it out. Blessed are those that are of poor spirit. Blessed are those that mourn, and blessed are those that are meek, and blessed are those. It's, it's a whole slew of blessings uh, for situations that you wouldn't put your money on. I don't want to cry. With this belligerent world, I don't want to be meek. I don't want to be persecuted. But yet there's such a special blessing. Why? Because it's that's unto him. You see, that's the secret. The secret of the kingdom is that the kingdom of God is Jesus. And because the kingdom of God is Jesus, I'd have to share with you this day that the kingdom of God is the spirit of Jesus. And if you've got the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of Christ, the spirit of Jesus in you, you are part of that kingdom. That's why you can't box it. That's why you can't name it. That's why you can't label it. Oh, we have names and labels on earth because that's the way we organize. That's the way we separate. That's the way we put things, uh, what shall we say, in what we think is our conscious order. But there, it's not with God. And I love that about the Lord. I'm so excited about the Lord. The scripture tells us all the time, he looks at the heart. So you say, wow, get away with murder. Because it's not, it's not what's on the outside, it's just the heart. Ah, but the scripture also says, talking about kingdom people, by their fruits you shall know them. Okay, so there are visible signs of the kingdom of God. Now Jesus then tells us, 
right square in the middle, like the heart of the Sermon on the Mount. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first. And I went on to share that seeking is innate. It's the babe rushing for a mother's breast. It, it's, 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 the, it's the learning of things that, that are already in us. And it's so beautiful. You don't teach a child to love his mom, to love his dad. It's that face that hovers over the crib. It's that voice that whispers good night. And if she can sing, it's that sweet lullaby that the child hears. He drinks it in. It becomes a part of his life, innate, born within, born to. So seeking, we know how to seek. You say, oh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I never look for anything. Yes, you do. Maybe trouble, but you look for it. Yeah, we're always looking. We're looking for something. We're born seekers. So that's interesting. But then it goes on and it says seek, and then God then puts his criteria, and it bothers us. God says, seek ye first. And you see, we then think that God's got one big fat ego trip. And why does he want everything first? Well, he wants everything first so that he can avoid you the pain and the folly and the agony of what happens when we do our thing. He says, put me first. I'll save you a lot of heartaches. I'll save you a lot of trouble. I'll save you a lot of pain. My sister's gone on to be with the Lord, and my sister accepted Christ before she died. But I had a sweet experience with the Holy Spirit. Sweet, bittersweet, bittersweet. It was one day when, well, this goes back 40 years, when she had left the house and, uh, and hadn't told my mother where she was going and was gone for three days. And I could see my mother sitting in the living room in the chair. And on her face, Mama wasn't, wasn't expressive in terms of a, a lot of words. She just, and my mother and father would just sit there and pray. Bring her back, Lord. Bring her back. Bring her back, Lord. And I knew she was around because uh, we were still in school. And she had friends. And she communicated with the friends. And they knew she was okay and doing well. Just one of those times of rebellion. What can I tell you? And one day we were sitting in the living room and the doorbell rang. And it's, we had one of those apartments on Brook Avenue with a long, long, you know, you, you walk a half a mile before you get to the door. <laughs> and uh, the doorbell rang and I said to Mama, I'll go for it. And as I'm walking down that corridor, once again, we're going to talk about that soft voice, that soft, sweet voice. As I'm walking down the corridor, the Spirit of God says, it's Stella. Be kind. Don't say anything to her love her. I heard it so clear, so clear. And I kept walking. I told it was a half a mile. And when I kept walking down, when I opened the door there, she stood. And all of a sudden, I drew a blank. All I could think of was three days of mama in the living room. All I could think of was my father walking up and down the neighborhood. All I could think of was, oh, no, 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 look, and I says, I can't believe I. Oh, I shot rage, vermin. What else? Anything else I had loose hanging there? And I said, I can't believe you. And then I went out to pounce on her. But I got to tell you something about Stella. She was a lot stronger than me. And right there in the hall, she beat me up. Very dramatic story, right? And naturally, I didn't want to stay beat, so I hit her. 
All the doors open. There were four doors on the apartment. All the doors open. Here they were, the Garcia girls, doing their thing, yelling and screaming, and I'm pulling at her hair, and she's pulling at mine, and my mother says, I can't believe this. She pushed us in and closed the door. But you know, I thought back so many times on that day. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. If you put God first, he'll be there for you. He'll be there with that small, quiet voice. If you disobey it, that's you. But he'll be there. Be there. He will be there. That's why if we seek him first, it's not a matter of, a, of, of, of going into a life of hardship and pain and sorrow and God wants to beat us down and God wants to tear us apart and God wants to see us suffer. That's not it. God wants to bless us. He wants to bless us and he wants to make our life not easy, not easy, but blessed. He wants there to be a growth. He wants there to be a maturity and above all, a knowledge of him in us. There is a still small voice and if you disobey it, well, you get beat up. Life beats you up. Well, Stella will beat you up. Okay, but that's it. You've got to obey. And I love God. I love, I love God because to me, God is so practical. God is in life. You know, uh, I meet people that make God so spooky, they bother me. You know, make it something like a tiptoes and no, 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 no. God is here for us. God moves. His spirit hovers over the face of the earth as he hovered over the waters in the beginning. Now, there's an addition today. Just one little word. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness okay now that that puts a strain on it seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and then all things what things what shall I eat what shall I drink what shall I dress what shall I have and then Jesus talked about those things and it's interesting Jesus says don't get into it because that's the fretting of the pagans don't get into it seek me first and the righteousness of the kingdom now what does he mean Jesus goes on and explains his kingdom in many parts of the scripture. I'm just going to use two occasions and going to do it quickly for you. In the 16th chapter of the book of Luke, and don't look for it, it's there. Trust me, when you go home, you look at it. Because you might miss something I want to share with you. In the 16th chapter, there are two particular people. There is a, a, an accountant. And it's interesting. The scripture calls him the shrewd accountant, okay? And what happens? News comes to the owner, cheat me, you know, gossip, whatever it is. And he got there quick, and it said to the owner, this man is cheating you. This man is cheating you, so call him into account. And this Bible says that the man knew he was. He was. And he knew that the next day he would be fired. So he says, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. And the man's got problems. It's so interesting. He says, I'm too old to do one thing, and I don't have nerve to do another. I don't want to beg. I don't want to. It, it, it just goes on, and he says it. He says, uh, it, it, let, let me give you the word. Don't look for it. I'll look for it for you. He says, so the accountant thought to himself, now, now what? I'm, I'm through here. I haven't the strength to go out and dig ditches. How do you like that? I'm too proud to beg. I know just the thing. I have plenty of friends to take care of me when I leave. And then you know what his plan was? He went to everybody that owed his boss money 
and he chopped the bill in half. Smart, huh? Made out new invoices. You owe 80 barrels of oil, you owe 100 barrels of wheat. All right, 50 here, 40 there. Just chopped it down, gave new invoices, and the fellows were saying, wow, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Who doesn't want a break? I don't doubt that somebody said, forget it, I'll tear up the invoice. I don't know what, okay? And the next day, when he presents his cases, somehow or other, the owner is not so dumb. He's not so dumb. And he says, the rich man, now this is interesting, had to admire the rascal for being so shrewd. He says, wow, <laughs> this guy is a bullet. He's really smart. And it's true that the citizens of this world are more clever. And I love the Living Bible now in its paraphrase, in dishonesty, okay, than the godly, than the godly are. But what shall I tell you? To act that way, to buy friendship through cheating, will this ensure your entry into the everlasting homes of heaven? Now, the only version, the only version of all the many versions that has an answer is the Living Bible. It's paraphrased. But it's understood because if it didn't have this answer, we would have to then apply the law that the means justifies the end. And that is totally unbiblical. So the Living Bible says, no, for unless you're honest in small matters, you won't be in large ones. And if you cheat even in little, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Now this gets heavy, ladies and gentlemen. It gets very heavy. What is, what is the lesson? What is he teaching? Seek ye first the kingdom of God in its righteousness. God is simply saying the following. Do things the right way. Because if you don't do things the right way, we're going to get into trouble. And that's a basic lesson. It's just terrible to think of how life has so enmeshed us that we have, been, be, we have become, what shall we say, we've become experts in conniving. We've become expert in the manipulation of how much we can get away with. Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. In other words, he insists we go the right way. Nobody can make you go the right way. You have to choose to go the right way. But can I tell you something? Doing things the right way ensures your peace. And there's nothing greater than peace. It's the softest pillow. It's what you can sleep on. It's what you can carry in here. You say, but you know something? If I do this and if I do that, it means 10,000 more. It means 15,000 more. It means 20,000 more. Who cares? If 15, 10, 20, 50,000 more means you do not have the covering of the blessing of God. You do not have the covering of his goodness over you. You do not have that basic blessing of seed faith that multiplies whatever you have. When you have it honestly, when you have it in responsibility, when you have it because you want to be straight with God. When you have it that way, I've got news for you. He'll move in on your bucks and make them mega bucks but when you go for the mega bucks you're going to end up with a black monday and we still don't know how black it was because it's not convenient to our economy you hear me folks
This isn't 1929 where they let it all hang out and people jump from roofs and it's not convenient to let it all out. Too much is at stake. We've become too smart. We're the computer people. Whoa, watch it. Those numbers are rising. And everybody says, cool it. And Washington says, hold it. And Tokyo says, watch it. I own those 1727-87 buildings in Manhattan. Hold it. We can't let them go. And all of a sudden, we're moving. We're moving in the megabuck world. We've got migraines. We've got cancer. We've got AIDS. We've got ulcers. We take pills to sleep. We take pills to wake up. Are you hearing me? This is our society. Aren't we slick? Dressing better than ever, folks. Look at us. Uh-huh. Gourmet food coming out of our ears. You hear me? Designer glasses. Which are yours? Uh -huh. Oh, big society. Fancy living. But are we doing it right? Are we right with God? That's where it counts, folks. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The second story is the story of Lazarus. I go to a little restaurant over here and they've got Lazarus and the dogs and a candle lit. Yeah. And I look at Lazarus and I look at the candle and I look at the dogs and I look up and I say, well, at least three quarters of it is biblical. Lazarus and the dogs, that's biblical, okay. Now that, that story there is another one of righteousness. Righteousness, doing the right thing. It's the story of the man that lived in the big beautiful house and the Bible tells me that Lazarus said, put me at his door because I've got a better chance of eating at least better scraps. Now did the rich man know who Lazarus was? Yes, because in eternity he, he spotted him in Abraham's bosom and he said to Abraham, send him. Put a little water on my lips. It's awfully hot here. And Abraham said he can't. Between us there's a chasm. There's an abyss and no one ever passes it. The man gets so frightened. He says, well, go tell my brothers. They don't even know this exists. And Abraham says, well, it's in the Bible. It's in the word. The prophets and the law. Let them read it. No, 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 no. They're not going to read it. How did he know they were not going to read it? Because he hadn't read it. They're not going to read it. Send somebody from the dead. Send Lazarus. Let, let, let him be the messenger. And then Jesus, and then uh, Abraham says, even if someone should come from the dead, they would not believe it either. Now, what is the lesson there? I, 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 you know, we, we kind of pick up and we say, that rich man was so unkind. He should have picked up Lazarus. And he should have given him a good bath. And he should have put him in the pillows. And he should have fed him. And, and, and then he would have made heaven. No. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. That he could have done all that, fine. That it was biblical, fine. That's, but that's not what the scripture teaches. It's not what the scripture teaches. The scripture teaches us that this man was filthy rich. And he lived in mirth and banquets. And thought it would last forever. That is, oh, that is the irony of sinful living. We think it lasts forever. And then you say, well, what about Lazarus? 
Can I tell you something about Lazarus? He was better off than all of them. With the dogs, with the saws, with the, but, 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 but do I have any volunteers here? Anybody want to like to be Lazarus? I don't want to be Lazarus. I don't volunteer to be Lazarus. I, I don't like the peg leg. I don't like the sores. And I wouldn't want dogs licking them. Okay? So there are no volunteers. Nobody's sitting here saying, well, oh, oh Lord, we surrender. We'll be Lazarus. No, no surrenders. No surrenders. And we're being very honest. All I want to send home is this great truth to your heart and listen to me carefully. What was Lazarus responsible for? For whatever he had in his heart toward God. And his heart was well with God. It was well with God. Does that mean we don't pick up Lazarus? Does that mean we don't help Lazarus? No, of course we do. But the message here, the truth of this message was that Lazarus was okay. Yeah, he had, it, it was the worst. It was the pits. But his life was right with God. And what is the story on the rich man? That he had it all but had nothing. Absolutely. He, matter of fact, he had all on earth but he didn't really. He didn't really because to have so much. And not be able to help. It's so sad. But that isn't the issue here. The issue is the following. With all he had, he never sought God. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. God doesn't hate millionaires. God doesn't hate billionaires. God loves people. Whether they have a little bit or whether they have a big, big lot. All he wants is men's hearts to turn to him. That's why he says, seek. You know how to seek. Cry out. Seek first. Make God your first move. Make him the breaking of your morning in praise and adoration. Make him the flow of your day in tranquility and peace. Why? Because he said, I'd never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'll be there for you. When no one says good morning, Jesus has said it in the flutter of the birds and in the moving of the trees. He's said it in the sound of life and in the sound of breath. That's the way he is. That's the way he shall ever be. And when night falls, even when we can't sleep, he's there with us. Yeah. I've got a little secret for you folks. Don't twist and turn and turn in bed because you can't sleep. Your head will turn into a video room with instead of one little video on, you'll have 17 all here. With some you'll be shooting at rabbits, with others you'll be on a raceway, and with others you'll be in an airplane. It goes crazy. When you see your night is being blown by your brains, get up. Get up. Turn on the light. Grab a hold of your Bible. Start to read. Read until your soul is blessed. Read until light pours in. Then you can go back to bed and rest. God would give you rest. Seek ye first, first, in the morning, in the afternoon, in the nighttime. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. What is that? That is Christ, the spirit of Christ, and its righteousness. We can't go around being untruthful. We can't go around not being what God would have us to be. You say, you know, sister, this is a little difficult because you don't really know life. 
Well, I know a little bit about life, but I do know one thing. My God says that if we follow him in righteousness, everything you want to get with your manipulation, everything you want to get with your cheating and scheming, everything you want to get with your, mm, I got news for you. If you'll only rest in him, he will give you, he'll add all things unto you. He will, he will, he will. He'll give you a pot of soup that never ends. You say, I don't want a pot of soup that never ends. Okay, he'll give you a closet with more than two or three suits. I'm not being funny. I'm telling you the truth. My God reigns. I would trust him beyond anything. The schemer, the schemer says, I'm making friends. So when I'm out of here, I got it made. Can I tell you something? When God watches over you, you've got it made because he's got another place for you. Because he's opened a door. Because he's got higher and bigger and better things for you to do. You don't have to scheme it. He'll work it out. Oh, I love him. Lazarus. He made it to heaven. With all of his problems. With all of the situation, he had the right thing in here. He had the right connection. Isn't that something? That's what I want. The rich man, he had the right connections on earth. He had all the goodies, but he had nothing in his heart. Folks, go for Jesus. Go for Christ. Go for what satisfies the heart. And then God will take care of a worldly life.